Welcome to episode two of Expecting Rainbow, a podcast about navigating life after experiencing pregnancy or infant loss. I'm your host, Justine. October is Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month, and in today's episode, I will be sharing a little bit about my grief journey and what being a lost parent looked like from the very beginning. Hi folks, thanks for listening in today. I hope you're doing well. And before I get started on today's episode, I just wanted to let everyone know that next Thursday will be International Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Day, as well as Wave of Light. If you don't know about Wave of Light, it's an opportunity for everyone to remember all the babies that are not here with us. And you can do so by lighting a candle in their honor at 7 p.m. your local time. I invite all my friends and family and listeners on this ceremony and to remember our sweet babies with us. And you can even take a picture and post it on social media under the hashtag wave of light. Today, I wanted to talk about grief. And I had a really hard time figuring out exactly what to say or how to say it because there is a lot that I can say about it. And also everyone grieves very differently. So something that I may have found helpful for myself to cope with Stephen's death or decisions Will and I made for our family may not be something someone else chooses to do. But ultimately, I think I just want to try and offer some perspective to those who haven't experienced a death of a baby. And maybe the best way to even just begin talking about grief is to just share what it's like to live life as a lost parent. Last week, I woke up to all these messages asking me if I had seen the news about Chrissy Teigen and John Legend and the death of their sweet baby Jack. It was actually the first thing I saw when I opened up Instagram that day. I saw the photo of Chrissy Teigen sitting on her hospital bed. And the moment I saw the picture, I just knew. I recognized the tears, the weariness in her face. It was so familiar. I didn't need to read the caption. I didn't want to read it. And I felt their family's pain. It was as raw and as fresh as the day it felt when we found out that our Stephen died. After I saw that photo, I immediately closed my phone. I didn't even think to look at the comments. And later when I logged back on to social media, I saw so many posts from my lost mom friends about how hurt they were by the comment section of that photo. I guess it didn't really surprise me because people I knew personally had said insensitive things to me, although I know that most of them didn't mean to. But with over 32 million followers, I suppose it's expected that there would be people saying horrible things from behind the keyboard. 
But those words were really felt. They were seen and heard by the lost community and every parent who has suffered a pregnancy loss or baby loss. And even though these comments were not on our own personal social media pages, it's hard not to feel like our own grief and journey was attacked too. Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month really isn't just for parents who have gone through a loss. What I mean is, I don't need to be made aware that pregnancy and infant loss is something that happens because it already happened to me. I don't need this month to remember my baby who died because I remember him every minute of every day. But what I do need from this month is to know that my friends and family are on my side, that they are at least trying to understand what I'm going through rather than ignoring it, and that they are acknowledging my child. I also need this month because I want my experience to matter. I don't want Stephen's death to just be some sad accident to move on from. And if I can help a new family in loss grieve by letting them know that they are not alone, then Stephen's death will have at least a little bit more meaning. Whenever people ask me about grief, both right after we lost Stephen and even now, I think they're asking me about how I am feeling about Stephen's death and his absence in our life. And I think grief is a lot more complex than that. It's not as simple as taking time to be sad that he's not here. In fact, his death was like a single domino. You know, like when you have the one domino and it falls, but it knocks down like 10 other trails of dominoes. It's like there were a million different paths of pain that I was not expecting. I wish grieving could have just been about time stopping for a moment and me taking that time to be sad and that being the only thing I needed to worry about but it's not. Life keeps moving on and it expects you to move with it. And I had to learn how to keep living while also processing the death of my baby. So yes, Stephen died and I was not prepared for that, but it was just one of the many things I was not prepared for like deciding if I wanted to wait for my body to go into labor on its own or to get an induction or even choosing what his name was going to be. As I mentioned last episode, we didn't have much time to decide on a name. We thought we had more time, although that was one of the more meaningful and sacred decisions Will and I made together. I wasn't prepared to check in at the hospital and 
and to have to explain to the confused lady at the front desk that even though my due date was in February, that I was there to deliver my baby in October because he died. I was not prepared to be induced, and when I was induced, I wasn't prepared for the hours ahead of just waiting, and I wasn't prepared to use some of that time to figure out work stuff because work was the last thing that was on my mind, but I had to make sure my responsibilities were covered. I was not prepared to go into labor, and when it was finally time to do that, I remember freaking out because I definitely was not prepared to see Stephen or to hold him. I had no idea what to expect. And when we did finally hold him, I was not prepared to have only nine hours to spend with him. It was the nine shortest hours of my life, some of which I struggled to stay awake just from being sad and processing and from being physically tired after delivering him. I had nine hours to study his face, to hug and hold him, and to take as many photos of him as I could before I never saw him again. Actually, one question I know that came up a lot under Chrissy Teigen's post was why they were taking pictures in their hospital room. And I really want to address this because those hours you have in the hospital room are the only moments you have with your baby. So you try and do everything you can to love on them. You hold them, you touch their hands and feet, and kiss them. And I know some parents who bathed their babies and did other routine newborn things, the same things you would do if your baby was alive. And I think that's beautiful. And you make sure to get as many photos with your baby as you can. There are times when I regret not having taken more pictures and I get frustrated that the pictures I do have are all that I have. I wish I had more pictures of Stephen's face. I wish I had more pictures of his hands and feet. I wish I had taken more pictures of him in his swaddle. Will and I took a lot of photos of ourselves holding Stephen too. And those photos of the three of us together... They're the only family photos I will ever have with Stephen in them. And again, I regret that we didn't take more. Those nine hours we spent with Stephen were so precious. We held him, cried over him, listened to music while holding him, and we loved him. But you know what else we had to do in those nine hours, too? We had to fill out information for his fetal death certificate. We had to decide between different types of tests and if Stephen should have an autopsy to figure out why he died. And we had to decide and let the hospital know if we were going to have him buried or cremated and 
if we had a funeral home that we wanted to work with. There were just so many things we had to figure out and so much information that was thrown at us. And all this was just within 24 hours from finding out Stephen's heartbeat was gone. And that was just the beginning of our life as lost parents. Leaving the hospital without a baby was one of the worst moments of my life. All I had was this box of mementos, castings of Stephen's hands and feet. We had the blankets used to swaddle him and the knitted hats and clothes he wore. And of course, all of these things are so precious to me now. But I remember at the time feeling so angry. This box was all I had leaving the hospital. And that first week was the most emotionally taxing week of my life. It was the saddest I've ever felt. I kept feeling like I'm still supposed to be pregnant. It was such a struggle to be pregnant one day and to suddenly not be the next day. And it took so much work to go back to relative normalcy, to get myself out of bed, to brush my teeth, get dressed, eat breakfast. And night times were not any better because my sleep was so restless. I would wake up a lot. And every time I woke up, I would remember all over again that I was not pregnant and Stephen had died. Sometimes I would have dreams of the moments at the hospital we spent with Stephen, and I would wake up crying and be too afraid to fall back asleep. And then there were all the physical aspects of it. I was bleeding. My postpartum bleeding lasted pretty long. And every time I went to the bathroom, I had to change out of that stupid giant pad that they give you at the hospital. And it just felt like such an ordeal every time. It was like this huge physical reminder that I had just given birth and didn't have a baby to feed or diapers to change. And then my breast milk came in, but I didn't realize it at first. All I knew was that my boobs hurt. And when I finally did realize what was happening, I couldn't do anything about it because the doctors told me not to. I got a million pimples. And just in general, my body was not kind to me postpartum. And so that was just this whole other thing I was struggling with on top of being so angry and sad that my son died. 22 weeks pregnant, I had still been slowly announcing to people that I was pregnant. And in fact, I had just told a few people the day before we found out Stephen died. So one of the biggest things that I was dreading was having to tell everyone that I was not pregnant anymore. I was so sad and I just wanted to be alone and not have to deal with people. And I don't know why, but there was also a part of me that felt stupid and embarrassed. And I just couldn't imagine having all these conversations with people, one after another, telling them that, yeah, the baby, the baby's gone. 
So I ended up making a post about it on Facebook. It was not ideal, but is there really a perfect way to share with people that your baby died? All I knew was that I needed people to know sooner than later, so they didn't ask me about my pregnancy. I did not want to have to repeat myself, and I wanted to make sure that the news came from me. So at the time, it just felt like Facebook was the best way to reach the most people and to just be done with it. That was the beginning of my grief journey. And now that it's been two years, I can see how my grieving process has changed a lot. And I'm sure I'll be sharing more bits and pieces of what it's looked like in other episodes. My sadness certainly did not go away. I don't think it ever will, but it's just different. I don't have to make as many decisions as I did when I was at the hospital preparing to deliver Stephen. My tears don't fall as freely, minute to minute, every day as they did the first week without him. But over time, I've had experiences where I've found new paths to grieve because of Stephen's death. There are big moments, like when I was pregnant with Everett, I grieved over how for the next nine months, even though I was so excited, there would always be that thought in the back of my head, what if this baby doesn't make it? What if this baby dies too? After Everett was born, I grieved that he wouldn't be able to meet or play with his brother, And I also grieved over every milestone I missed out on experiencing with Stephen, even though it was such a joy to experience them with Everett. And then there are small moments, like just buying toys or clothes for Everett. I'm just painfully aware that I'm not really able to do these things for Stephen. Actually, a few weeks ago, I was buying this wooden name puzzle for Everett, and I did end up buying one with Steven's name, too. Or the other day, I was dusting off Steven's urn, and at first I was chuckling to myself, thinking, hey, it's like I'm giving Steven a bath. But that moment took a sharp turn when I was like, wow, this is the closest experience I'll ever have to cleaning Steven. So you see, grief evolves. Maybe over time you could say it's more manageable, but some days are still harder than others. Some days it feels like I'm taking a few steps forward, and other days it feels like I'm taking a few steps back. I've also learned how to grieve while feeling other emotions too. Joy and grief, comfort and heartache, It's okay for all of these feelings to coexist. But still, every time I see a new lost parent in one of my support groups or see another news article about a baby's death, it takes me right back to that first day and those first weeks of losing Stephen. And that brings me back to Chrissy Teigen and John Legend's loss. Loss does not discriminate. It doesn't matter how much money you make, where you live, how many followers you have, or how many healthy and successful pregnancies you've had. 
everyone has a different story and a different situation, but the pain of losing a baby is universal and no one deserves to go through that. I have no idea why someone would choose to spend their time attacking or questioning a parent who has just lost their baby. I really don't. Losing a baby is a wound you feel forever in your heart. It just never fully heals. And even if someone isn't a fan of another person, there's no reason to question their grief or to feel like they owe you any type of explanation. Lost parents don't owe the world anything. And we should just be able to grieve the way we need to grieve. To all the parents who have lost your baby or babies, I'm so sorry for your loss. I'm sorry that there is nothing I can say or do to comfort you or to take away the pain that you feel. And I really wish there was a way to take that pain away. It's okay to not be okay, and you are allowed to feel however you feel, and your grief is valid. I'm here grieving right alongside you. For those who have not experienced pregnancy or infant loss, I hope some of the things I shared today gives you a little glimpse of what grieving is like after the death of your baby. I hope it fills in some gaps of what your lost friends may have gone through. I know that my story is just one of many, and there are experiences that I haven't had that others may have. Experiences like having to tell older siblings their brother or sister passed away, or experiences like making the decision to pull your baby off life support. If you are a lost parent, and are willing to share, please let us know what your grief journey has looked like. What were your biggest struggles? What were you not expecting? And did you find helpful ways to grieve or heal? Please feel free to share with us in the comment section on expectingrainbow.com under this episode, or send us an email through the website. Thanks for listening in today and until next time.